welcome to the edition podcast with me, Charlotte Henry. As many listeners will know, next week, Apple will host its WWDC, its Worldwide Developer Conference, which is an annual event where it unveils what we can expect next across its operating systems and sometimes a little bit more. The focus is usually on developers. There's other elements too, including those relevant to Apple's media offering. To discuss it all, I'm delighted to be joined once again by Jeff Gamet, who, amongst other things, is on the Context Machine podcast. How's it going, Jeff? It's going great. And Charlotte, thank you for inviting me back again. It's always just an absolute treat to get to spend time with you. It's a treat to hang out with you, and it's a treat to do some Apple nerdery with you. Um, Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, you know, we know who we are. We know what we are, Jeff. Let's just... Yes, we know who we are. Yes. So... WDWDC, one of the big, big events of Apple's year. I'd say it's second only to the uh, the iPhone event that happens around September-ish time. Um, and, you know, for a developer in some ways, WWDC is bigger. If you're making the software, this is the one you really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a general, as I said, it they deal with tvOS, iOS, macOS, iPadOS. What, as a general thing, obviously we're not going to go too much into all, we're a media focus show here, but generally, just to give people an idea, what kind of thing would you really like to see at WWDC this year? What I would really love to see is uh, is Apple to show us their commitment to the iPad Pro as a professional device. And here's how I tie that back into the entertainment space. Give us Final Cut Pro for the iPad. If you want a really like pro level ish video editing tool on the iPad, mm-hmm. that's Luma Fusion. Right, not Apple's own product. Right, not Apple's own product. Which is dumb, considering Apple has a pretty decent product. Here, right. let me give you yeah. a slight counter offer to that. Okay. Just and this is me thinking out loud. If I am a pro person that has a pro device um, and wants to make video using it, i.e. the iPad Pro, maybe I don't, I want to use something better than Final Cut. All right, so then um, what is that going to be? Um, Well, what does Luma Fusion offer that Final Cut doesn't? It's first, it's on the iPad. Right. it's, uh, and vice versa. What does Final Cut offer that Loom Fusion doesn't? Uh, Final Cut. So, okay. How about um, uh, all the pro plugins? Yep. 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 People. Mm-hmm. I just, the only thing I think is that people who are, I guess it depends what kind of video you're editing, right? If you are a social media manager for a brand, Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to turn out, particularly one that's dealing with live events. I'm thinking of the kind of people that do uh, social media work for sports brands, say, mm-hmm. who you know, and are dealing with live events. Music could also be a similar thing. Um, you would you need to turn around your content pretty quickly, right? So having an iPad Pro that's easy to move around with, with a high quality video editor. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's, you know, 
we're actually at the point right now with LumaFusion where all the video editing that I do, even though I have a, a MacBook Pro sitting right here on my desk, mm -hmm. I do all my video editing in LumaFusion on an iPad. But if you were working on your MacBook Pro, you'd use Final Cut? If I were working on my MacBook Pro, I'd probably use Final Cut, uh, except now with the M1 Max, no, I'd use LumaFusion on uh on my mac so you see you've, you've sort of proved my point which is i think if you're the kind of user like you like other pro end users perhaps final cut is not the tool you're using anyway and so it doesn't matter well it matters in that apple should be offering a pro level uh non-linear video editing tool on the mac or excuse me on the ipad yeah yeah in principle like given it's In their principle, software, yes. given it's their software, it seems bizarre they have not made a high functioning iPad version. You know, I edit photos on Pixelmator on my iPad. It's not even a pro iPad I use. You know, right? Yes, and, and I'm using Affinity Photo on my Mac and my iPad, so I'm going back and forth. Oh, oh, actually, I forgot about that part. That's that's another key reason why Apple should have Final Cut on the iPad, because you may be doing some of your editing on your iPad, and then you want the project to move over to your Mac. You should be able to seamlessly take your whole project and move it back and forth between your devices. Yeah, that I think is the strongest argument, that you might start something on the go and you're showing people quickly in a meeting room or whatever. And then you go back to a different, you know, a desk with maybe a desktop Mac and you want to carry on your work. Mm -hmm. I think that is the most compelling kind of workflow and thing that you might do. I, I do agree with that. Um, this is not particularly kind of media consumption or creation orientated. But one thing I'd really like while we're talking about pro models of the iPad in particular is a desktop mode for the iPad so that it looks more like your Mac. We've had, you know, they're becoming more integrated anyway, all the different OSs. I, I would very much like a uh, desktop, proper desktop version of iPad. I, I'm with you, but I don't want it to be the desktop mode we have on the Mac. And okay. the reason I say that is because desktop mode on the Mac, which is what we use all the time, is an interface that's... You're, you're Sorry, you're talking about normal Mac OS. Yeah, like normal Mac OS. We're sitting here you, using while we have this conversation. Yeah, yes. So normal Mac OS. I don't want what uh, what a desktop mode on the iPad to be to be just like what we see on the Mac. Because what we have oh, on the see, Mac... I do. Yeah, but that's not how the devices are designed. On the Mac, it's been designed from inception to be keyboard and mouse and the iPad from inception is designed to be touch. So if you give me the Mac interface on my iPad, you've done exactly what Microsoft has done, which is put a keyboard and mouse interface on a touch device. But that's what I want. I, I want it to be a desktop like interface that's thought out much better than what Microsoft has done. So it's actually really useful for a touch interface and does not require keyboard and mouse. But oh, you with, see, I, I, I'm coming at it also as a perspective that someone does attach a keyboard and a magic mouse to my 2019 iPad. 
And, and, and I'm totally with you there. And I do use a keyboard and, uh, and a mouse with my iPad pro, uh, not all the time, but, but, uh, some of the time and <clears throat> excuse me. And what I found is that it works, but I, but it makes me appreciate that the interface is designed for touch first and everything that I do, I can still do without a keyboard and mouse attached to my, uh, to, to my iPad and it works just fine. So if it gets changed to where that keyboard and mouse become essential to using the interface, then it's no longer a touch interface and it's no longer a proper iPad interface. Okay, that's fair enough. That, that is fair enough. I understand what you're saying. Is the argument Apple makes. I'm still, you, you don't want kind of a mix of the two that fulfills nothing well i understand that argument right and that's um, and that's what i feel that microsoft has done with like windows on the surface it's you know it's a touch interface that's trying to shoehorn in on a keyboard and mouse interface let's drill down given you know the addition is a media and tech crossover focus show the best way obviously apple does this is with the apple tv in it's all its various forms I'm still irritated by the various things called Apple TV and TV. But anyway, <laughs> we'll move on and contain my rage. No, don't laugh at my rage, Jeff. Oh, um, but I but I do. I, I laugh only because if I if I don't laugh, I have to cry. Right. Um, uh, having a read of the kind of endless rumor mill that comes out around this time of year, there don't seem to be that many rumors relating to TVOS specifically. You a bit surprised by that? No. I'm not. And, uh, and the reason I'm not surprised by that is because TVOS is doing what it needs to do right now. And uh, and if that were to change, um, well, if that were to change, then Apple could give us a big surprise at WWDC and uh, and tell us that they're, they're working on uh, features that make well, that would actually require us to have a new Apple TV device. And uh, yes, uh, okay. You think you can't up overhaul the system without over overhauling the hardware? At this point, at this stage, yeah. At this point, I think that's where we are because if Apple's going to to make major changes to TVOS, I think that would mean that they're changing or adding to what the apple tv is capable of so maybe turn it into a uh, a more robust multimedia device maybe maybe give it um uh uh some some of its own local storage beyond what it has what i mean is uh now it becomes uh like like a personal storage hub for some of your own content as opposed to uh, a place to buffer movies and music and store some video games. Yeah. So I, I was listening in preparation for our conversation to Magic Rays of Light, uh, which is from Screen Times by my friend Sigmund Judge mm -hmm. on this show. Um, really great podcast. And they did their WWDC preview. Um, you know, they have a slightly different approach to us, but they did really drill down on this issue of TVOS and overhauling it. And Sigma made some good points. Um, you know, some things like changing the audio settings so that two people with two different sets of 
AirPods, listening on to, you know, watching a show together on TVOS. One could listen to it in one language, one could listen to it another. One could that would listen be cool. To it with, or someone could have it with audio description on while the other person didn't require that. That kind of thing. Um, again, you might be right that that kind of overhaul will need new hardware, but I, I like that that idea. Yeah, um, and I, I love the idea of of having two people watching the same thing at the same time on the same Apple TV and being able to set their volume or their language independently. And yeah, I think that would be a new processor. Um, what if this became the uh, the new device for a Roma, more robust video game platform? Yes, yes. Uh, which would also imply uh, AR. So maybe this becomes an AR device too? Yeah, pause your thought on AR because I think we're going to have to have a dive into that separately. Let's just talk about what you mentioned earlier, which is this idea of the Apple uh, TV, the, the the box I'm talking about now, not the Apple, the service, mm-hmm. um, as a multimedia hub. Now, listeners who listen to the show regularly know a couple of weeks ago, Kelly Gamont and I discussed my desire for iTunes to come back because I want to be able to, you know, sync up lots of different audio in different ways. I want to listen to a podcast. And then once that's done, I've queued up an album I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then I've queued up an audio book without fiddling around on whatever piece of device, piece of hardware I've got, not presumably my phone. Now, surely the, the Apple TV box should be able to offer something similar um, with video so you know you should be able to go from uh, watching an apple tv plus show to something you've downloaded that you've queued you should be able to queue that up a lot better shouldn't you uh, i agree yes yeah yeah i think and that's pre- i think that is probably a bit of a software overhaul that would need hardware changes particularly yeah i, I the apple tv is uh of course, now I just forgot what processor it's running, but it's it's a few years old now. So to to make the Apple TV a more modern device, it's going to need a more modern uh, processor. And yep. if you're going to overhaul the Apple TV, why not at this point put like a like an M1 processor into it? Yeah, uh, at the moment it ha- the Apple TV 4K. Um, which came out, you know, which from April 2021, so just over a year ago, has an A12 Bionic chip in it. Right. Okay. Yeah. See that? That's an old chip by uh, in by rel- chip in relative, in, and by Apple chip standards. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Uh, given we're expecting probably to see the M2 series in the not too distant future maybe right. even at wwdc right so yeah why, why not pop an m1 processor into yeah. uh, an apple tv and uh, and now you've you've got a better processor a better graphics processor um and uh, and you know it's a lower power consumption chip already because of the way it's been designed it'll fit in yep in a in a little apple tv box without any problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you let's go back to vr ar the never ending uh i was walking through london today and one of the major tube stations in london had a whole load of adverts for the meta's 
I think the Oculus Quest 2. Mm-hmm. Um, yet we still haven't seen any generation of Apple VR, AR headset. Uh, we've had lots of rumors, we've had lots of stories. Mark Gurman has scooped all of us all the time in telling us what's on, what's coming. Um, but I mean, so first of all, let's say I don't think there is any chance that you will see Tim Cook walk around on stage with an Apple VR headset, AR headset at WWDC 2022. Oh, no, I do not expect to see that at all. I think if you're going to see if, the time that that is released, you will see a very special event that's only basically talking about that, right? Right. Uh, well, so, that's so my assumption. That. But yes, I, I agree with you. Let me throw you, a wrench in that. Okay, go on. What if Apple has uh, a whole hardware developer kit for AR and they plan on releasing uh, an AR platform product this fall and they want to get developers writing for it now? <coughs> Excuse me. They might have have a, a, a developer kit, like hardware kit, that they mm-hmm. will show at WWDC so that developers Ooh. can get a hold of that and have their AR products ready when the actual thing ships this fall. Maybe. I still think they're going to want to make such a splash that it will get its own event. Oh, it, I mean, yes, it would absolutely get its own event. But So I don't think you would even, I don't think they would want to diminish uh, the power of that in any way, even with the developer kit. Yeah, maybe. But if you want but, to have a solid AR platform at launch, you can't do that one in secret because you're only going yeah, to have no, like three things for it. It's a very hard balance to strike. I definitely agree with you. But so AR and gaming in general, you content is going to be key to that, isn't it? Right. You, okay, you might not be watching the next series of Mythic Quest on AR, although oh my god, now I want to watch Mythic Quest. See what you've done. See what I've done. I just want to hang out in Rob McKelney's office. What have I done? No, I'm joking. I I don't think they're good. It's, it's not going to be about uh, video content, is it? It's going to be about... I think there'll be some workout options when they do AR and VR. I think mm-hmm. there'll be some fitness plus element to it. And I think gaming will be the big thing, won't it? Which I think by most people agree that Apple Arcade is not really packing a punch. There's actually some really fun games on there, but it's not really making an impact on the industry, is it? I have a feeling that Apple Arcade's impact is bigger than we think. Oh. Yeah, I think Apple Arcade... I think our disappointment with with apple arcade and maybe disappointment might even be too strong of a word i don't know uh i think that comes from the fact that we have spent so much time on the inside talking about all of this that we forget about the people that are outside of our echo chamber that are Mm -hmm. using stuff like this so i have a feeling that apple arcade for the people that uh, that are outside of our circle are probably enjoying it more than we realize. So I think some of the games that are on Apple Arcade now are good, and I enjoy playing them. Uh, 
there's a couple of Lego Star Wars games that are really fun. Mm-hmm. They've got Mario Kart on there, which is great fun. I think the big moment that Apple Arcade really changes when they got some classic games on there. Yeah. I think that that changed the dynamic hugely. Um, I, I've not seen just in kind of whatever kind of conversational write-up that it's really making an impact because although lots of people play games on their iPhone, I still think most people are playing Angry Girl, Angry Birds and Bejeweled Blitz and, you know, those kind of games. Sure. Uh, but Angry Birds is now on Apple that. TV Plus, or excuse me, on Apple Arcade. Right. Uh, as I say, I think that was the moment it changed. Okay, yes. I think that made a big dif- difference. Um, when those kind of games, Mario Kart also went on there. Um, so yes, I think that did make a significant difference. You're absolutely right. And when they've kind of got Apple Arcade versions, but there's still plenty of popular games um, that I think has probably kept people that people are happy enough with, and they don't go onto uh, Arcade. But and we don't really know any subscriber numbers. Right. But I think VR fully integrated with your Apple ecosystem could be another really big step forward for people who are in that thing. If they can make some very good. I, you know, there, there, there's two things we should say about the Apple headset glasses conversation. And uh, correct me if I've misunderstood any of this, Jeff. Our perception is there's going to understand there's going to be a couple of different versions. One will be a lower grade kind of glasses thing that will give you a bit of information and, you know, you maybe some map information, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then a fully integrated, which is an augmented reality mm-hmm. pair of glasses. Um, and then there will be a VR, proper, fully fat, full fat VR headset, which is where the type of things like immersive gaming could come in, I think. And it will cost a lot more and be the challenger to the Oculus. That seems like a, like a, a reasonable thing. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on on that and and all of the other people that have been speculating. We're, we're looking at a multi-level thing, a, an AR uh, that, product that, and a VR fake. product. Exactly. That's the rumors we've been hearing. So, and I think the VR product will be later. So we should caveat that, caveat that as well. But um, I, I just, so first of all, I don't see us learning much more about it at WWDC unless that you, they, you unless say, they have a developer kit. kit. Unless they have a developer kit, which would be really interesting to get gamers and people making maybe interactive video and that kind of thing involved. That is, I guess, plausible. We will have to wait and see. Now, one just to kind of wrap all this up, mm-hmm. we have at recent Apple events, uh, those events have often started with some kind of TV Plus preview, mm-hmm. either like a nice showy advert showing all the great things that's on the platform, uh, as Apple would put it, um, or you know a new trailer for something that people know is coming. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, a couple of times I think we've got some announcement dates, haven't we? Of This show is coming then. Mm-hmm. Um, they Again, they do try and keep the focus, particularly WWDC keynote, on developers. Although we should say it's not the State of the Union. This is a bit more public-facing than that developer's State of the Union where they really go into the weeds of what's been announced the day before. Right. Yes. So it it is a more appropriate place to see maybe some new video basically jeff what i'm asking you is are we going to find out about ted lasso season three on monday june the 6th 
Um, you know, actually, I think it's totally plausible that we will. I think we're also going to see a new trailer for um, uh, for all mankind because yes. that launches releases what at the end of the week. I think that is the most likely. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and th- those are not developer things, but it, it doesn't matter. While WWDC keynote is for developers, or it's developer focused, mm-hmm. the keynote is a media event. This this is for this is catering to the the journalists and the and the bloggers and the podcasters and and um, yeah so we of course we're going to see some other stuff and uh, and yeah i think we will likely see uh, 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 a little teaser for ted lasso season 3 so i uh, okay we've there are a couple of trailers for all mankind out mm-hmm. um it is uh, it is as you say released on Friday June the 10th season 3 will begin um, so I think we will definitely see something that I think they may be saving Ted for another occasion I mean, well, I think they might try and save it for a special occasion sure I could see that too um, and what I should have done before saying oh yeah I bet we'll see a Ted Lasso thing is check to see are they in production yet yes Thank you for yes. This is the point I want to make. They are. There are lots of pictures of them in London in recent weeks. Okay, shooting. So they're in Richmond. They have been doing the London bits in Richmond shooting season three. All right. So even if we don't as get as I can, get like a trailer or anything or a teaser trailer for Ted Lasso, we are going to see at least some images from uh from the upcoming season. Okay. Okay. Well. We'll get you back in some form to discuss how wrong, right you were, how wrong I was. Um, and I look forward to that greatly. So do I. Jeff Gamut, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to chat with me. Where can people keep up with you and your work? Well, Charlotte Henry, thank you so much for inviting me back because this is a blast. Um, well, a- a- as you know, um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Jay Gamut, both places. I make occasional videos and those show up on youtube.com slash Jay Gamut. And uh, um, some people at least are aware that Brian Chaffin and I have teamed up again for the context machine. So we are yes. podcasting together. The gruesome twosome are back. <laughs> uh, con- context machine continues. Uh, I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on the Twitter's if you're listening to this in Substack, thank you. You can also find the show in most podcast apps. Just search for the edition, maybe the edition with my name, and you will find it. And while you're there, please do leave a comment or a rating as it helps other people find us too. Uh, if you just know know the podcast, do subscribe to that newsletter. There's some stuff on there. There's some exclusives. There's Sunday reviews. There's all sorts going on. You can find it at theedition.substack.com. Thanks again for all your support in these opening months and I'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.